Hi, welcome to Standard Stories. My name is William Lovin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So I've got a very special guest today and it's Charlotte Tobin from Bell PR. So I've been working with Charlotte over the last few months, helping spread my story and her and Charlotte and her team have done wonders and got coverage in places that I didn't even think was the time I'd be able to get my story in. So, Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> well, I'm glad. So, can you just do a brief introduction and, and just tell our viewers who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm Charlotte Tobin. I am the founder and CEO of a public relations agency, Bell PR. Uh, we're based in London. We are a team of eight and we specialise in talent PR, brand PR and charity campaign and cause PR. So there's kind of three umbrellas there that we specialise in. Fantastic. And well, well, I'll sort of go into this in more detail, but I, so I slid into Charlotte's DM saying, would you, would you be interested in helping me share my story? And, and Charlotte came back to me very quickly and said, send me some more info. And that's how we got connected with each other. So as you don't have a stammer, can you tell me what interests you about the topic? Yeah, of course. I mean, I just touched on it. You know, I'm very passionate about whether it's charities, whether it's causes, whether it's campaigns. And that's a really broad, you know, theme, isn't it, really? So um, I'm really passionate about lots of different things. But really, for me, it's raising awareness for something potentially with a stigma or potentially something that needs extra help or extra eyeballs or extra time. And actually, that's what it's about. So whether it's, um, in your case, you know, raising awareness for those with stammers and the kind of destigmatizing that, I work with lots of other different charities and causes as well. So, you know, all of them, you know, that kind of reach out to my heart as well as my head are as important to me. And look, you know, when you uh, message me, I loved your passion. I loved that you had a clear aim. Um, I felt that it was super topical topical and not because it's trendy but actually yeah. because it's been too long that you know yeah i felt as someone that didn't summer i didn't know enough about it and if i don't know enough about it then probably my friends don't my family don't my team members don't and actually it's very big in your world of course but actually to destigmatize something it needs to be big in everyone else's world and you need to kind of get into their heads and their consciousness and their awareness patterns so yeah really I um saw your message I thought you were brilliant I loved your energy I loved your aim and I wanted to help thank you and and like you say stemming does sadly have like a stigma behind it and it's mainly a more of a negative slash pity stigma like Mm. when you tell someone that you stand it's more like oh dear or like oh you won't be able to do this and and i think it is also quite a trend like it goes in trends like stammering is a topic that goes in trends so like when like joe biden became president Mm -hmm. stammering became quite Mm -hmm. vocal like was quite frequent or like when 
um like the king's speech came out mm-hmm. lots of stuff yeah. danced, and, came out then. and apart from that it wasn't really spoken about or yeah yeah and actually um you know i wouldn't be saying the reality of the situation if i didn't say that as a publicist i need to link a topic about stammering with maybe a celebrity or maybe a movie or maybe like you say when biden became president you know sometimes you need to be honest and you know this yeah and we both you need that connection you know to reach the masses you need that connection if that's that one celebrity you know that one movie then so be it if that's actually going to help get eyeballs on the campaign and make change um yes it doesn't solve the issue that we should be speaking about this every day but you know as we're both aware you need that leg up you need that news piece and you know and until I worked with you where I didn't know that I mean you can probably correct these stats but is it one in a hundred have had a stammer it's way more common with men than it is uh, with women I think is it what three four times uh, the amount of men than women I don't know you can correct so, me. So I think it's one to every five, or like yeah. it's one in five, which is mad. And when I think about the people who I know who stammer, it's mainly males who stammer, which yeah. is really interesting. Well, and... I know this, you know, like you said, you know, and if I didn't know it, then the chances are most other people who don't know someone with a stammer or have a stammer themselves they wouldn't know this either yeah so do you know anyone in your family or like have friends who stammer no no it's a very quick answer no um you're the first person that i would say i would know well with a stammer and again like you've mentioned knew about Biden I know a lot about Biden I've followed his career for a long long time politically so I know a lot about his story I've read his book so he spoke very um honestly about his struggles um as a child and as an adult um of yeah, watched the King's speech and actually you know I I read the news you know Ed Balls only came out recently yeah. and spoke at length about it um I think Emily Blunt as well and actually yeah. years and years ago and this is probably about 10 years ago I mean you might correct me but I remember watching um educating yorkshire and one it's is it it's musharaf isn't it Um, yeah yeah amazing amazing young man who obviously defied the odds and his teacher helped him and that was an amazing bit of television in fact did it win a nta or a bafta or anyway so apart from that you know i just don't have any personal or professional experience of working with someone closely no like it is what I find really interesting is that the stats are so, like, it's such a unique stat, but you sometimes come across, like, the amount of guests who I've asked this question to, to people who don't stammer, the amount of people who've gone, oh, actually, I, I, I've got a friend who stammers, or like, I've got a family member who stammers, when it sort of sounds bigger, like, it's, it, and so it's one of those things where it's bigger, like, it's sort of bigger in in like your in your closest circle but you may not have it on the outer circle but when you've got people like you who've never experienced someone with a stammer before and I think it's also like so you then people you can tell who people who have 
sort of been with someone with a stamina because they know sort of things and what to do in situations. But but also there are people who don't know, you may be very aware of like stamina as well and people who you come across. But, but because you must come across so many different people in, within your yeah. role. Yeah, and and I think it's it's a it's one of those questions that I don't know is a is an answer, isn't it? Rather than no, you know, I think yeah. you, I might have met many many people that have a stammer or are overcoming a stammer or have overcome. And actually, even just listening to you, then I went to uh, university and one of my acquaintances there had a stammer and he was definitely overcoming it, you know, and and you know we were all very understanding and patient. But um, I guess really in my immediate world, I'm answering that. But the reality is maybe I am. I yeah. am. Maybe I, I haven't checked in enough. And I think that's just the honest answer. It sort of also brings me into my next question. So as we spoke about, like we've worked together on my story, like spreading it out. And when I first reached out to you, I think I had sort of only been doing like, like regional coverage and like re and it was sort of in lockdown which sort of triggered me sort of wanting to share my story because one of the things that I didn't really think about when I started working from home was how working from home would affect my stammer and one of the mm -hmm. things that I had found well, well I found really hard and I still do now is picking up the phone and I just mm -hmm. talk to my team I have to pick up the phone and so sometimes hello is quite can be quite difficult for me. So having yeah. to say that every day to like talking to my boss or like a colleague, but also having like I realised that I was stammering on certain words that I wasn't on before, and because just wasn't using my voice as much. And I think and that's when I just started writing articles because I thought if I'm finding it, however, there must be so many other people out there who may have come from like a very busy like working in London like you talk to so many people like you talk to people at Pret or you talk to people you know your team in like the office you're always sort of talking and when you're working from home you're just talking to a laptop like you're not having that face-to-face -face interactions which mm -hmm. is when my stammers were best so why do you think like lots of people have said when I've been reaching out to journalists, this is a, why have we not covered this before? Because it is a topic that when it does, when people do talk about it, they go, oh, this is a hidden, the hidden community. And like Zoom calls, like we spoke about Zoom and Teams all the time, but you never really covered like the people who may actually be struggling with that aspect. Like, I, I think it sort of touches on how Stan's not spoken about because it wasn't really spoken about, if that makes sense. So why do you think, like, stammering has sort of been, because it's not, I, I've completely lost what track I was going to say, so I'm going to completely repeat that question. No, but, no, no. You, <laughs> I, know, I know what you're getting at. I know yeah. what you're getting at. Ultimately, you've, you've got a few different questions all wrapped up in one. and Yeah. And they all overlap. So it, I, I understand. I uh -huh. think firstly, 
so many people struggled um, with overall communication during COVID. You know, so I think it's not even an isolated issue. And that's not to take away from the seriousness of it. It just, I mean, I know a lot of people that have struggled for lots of different reasons in the realm of communications. And that's my job, to communicate. And I know a lot of publicists that have also struggled as well. I think um, there was COVID... And then Biden became president. Yeah. Remember, this is all around the same time. You know, he literally had a mask on when, you know, he became president. Yeah. So it was all around the same time. And then you actually have more awareness around what working looks like for us now. You know, I look after Anna Whitehouse, who is famed for her flexible campaign and how strongly she campaigned for flexible working before the uh, pandemic. Yeah. And actually, what does that look like now? We don't have the answers on this call. Um, I think the working life is going to change. But also, I don't think working from home is a solution or particularly yeah. a good thing all the time. And Anna really emphasises this. You know, it's not just about working from your kitchen table and it isn't just about being in an office nine to five. So I think in terms of, you know, what COVID has done for all of us in terms of, working patterns and the way we've all dealt with those patterns in the comm sense is really, really interesting. And I can really see how it's put people potentially back in terms yeah. of communicating. That said, moving on to a separate part of what you just said, you recognised that and you used almost the limits you had on you to write and you write yeah. it contacting me and being able to do interviews and write articles and you know and be in the magazines and online and tv and radio all the things that you could have easily sat at home and thought actually this is really difficult for me and really difficult for my invisible community you refuse to let that beat you and you almost used and you know correct me if i'm wrong but you almost used that time to give yourself an extra oomph and that extra yeah, power to give yourself an extra voice. So it's almost bizarre because almost those 18 months probably inflicted quite a lot of trauma on your community, but actually you didn't allow that to traumatise you. You were like, you just kind of gave gave that an extra superpower, if you like, um, which is amazing and which is why we're in touch and it's why you've had all this coverage. And I'm sure a lot of people in your community and outside of your community will be really, really chuffed and proud and grateful to you um but also you know just to touch on it it's itv just did a whole campaign on invisible disabilities okay this is what we're talking about here you know it's it you know and i was working very closely with katie piper for that actually and um you've got physical differences and you've got invisible differences and often you have people with both often you have people with one often you have people with the other but the point is it's something that we need to talk about more. And everything that you've been doing before COVID, during COVID, and still now, it's great. And you've just got to keep doing it because a lot of people will not have the confidence and the know-how and contacts that you have. Thank you. And like, it, it's definitely been a experience for sure because because it's so close to my heart. And, and I think because I know what it's like, like I've had certain experiences because of not because I've gone straight into work from like, during my apprenticeship, like I know how sort of a working world 
reacts. And one of the reasons why I wanted to become a STEM ambassador for actual STEM children was to show how the scary working world isn't as scary as you think it may be. And I think that's mm-hmm. really showing that you should never hide it and that you should always talk about it. And I'm not sure... I think I was just talking to someone who I then after writing my articles and I just thought, actually, let's just see and anyone would just pick it up because it was literally just a sort of, well, let's just see. And I think the first coverage was BBC Sorry. And I'll never forget. And I think when I saw the response from that sort of that segment, then I think that sort of clicked thinking, this has actually got a really good response and it's something that I'm very passionate about raising awareness and I think there's actually a, not a blank canvas but I think there's def- definitely room for them, them because it's them because uh, disability is quite a topical um, topic right now like lots of companies focus are around disability and mm-hmm. sort of showing it in like the workplace or like showing it more but like I think it's the like neurodiversity and like showing how actually it's not a bad thing like we all have a different way of thinking and like but but it's just what I found fascinating from my perspective was that just how like to me it's something that I deal with every day and I so I barely bat bat an eyelid at certain situations but when people go how on earth did you do that live TV in interview with a stammer? Because I I don't have a stammer, and I would find that the most terrifying thing. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. Like, I'm just not sure. Like there's just something about having a stammer. You sort of want to use your voice more. Yeah, yeah, and but but I think you're very modest. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You, you've got you've got a superpower, as I said before, and you are on a journey, and you know you know the good it can do, and you can feel the buzz after you've done a live interview. Yeah. And there's you know it's a great buzz, it's brilliant, and actually you're doing it for all the right reasons, and you've done it. You proved yourself to yourself you can do it. You proved to yeah. everyone else you can do it, and this is just the start, really, for you. I just I really mm-hmm. feel that. And actually, you know, it's it's a very unique combination that you've got. You know, you've got some, you know, you've got something to talk about that you feel passionate about. You've got intelligence, and then you've got the, you know, the I will not quit attitude. And I think all of those things combined, they you, they'll just make you unstoppable. And actually, you know, you've got us on board on this side. You re, you know, credit where credit's due. You reach out to editors yourself. You reach out to people in the public eye yourself. And actually, that's the best thing about having social media, which is free. Anyone can go on Instagram. Anyone can go on TikTok. Anyone can go and make a YouTube video. And actually, these are brilliant tools to create your own community, to feel less isolating, isolated, to feel less lonely. And look, people listening now may not, want to do a live tv interview they may not like you say want to ring up someone and even say hello because that's crippling to them yeah. at that stage in their life but actually being able to just follow you on instagram 
and read an article and or just listen to this while they're chilling out, that's great. That's a step. That's a start. And that's a community. And that's brilliant. And that's how the world has opened up. And it was not like this even 10 years ago. You know, because like yeah. 10 years ago, YouTube was just becoming a thing. I remember, you know, Twitter was just becoming a thing. Well, a bit before, maybe 12 years yeah. ago. But the point is, what a time to be doing this, you know, and how brilliant for the new generation coming through and also existing generations. You know, it's amazing that they have this free access to other people going through similar things. Social media is quite scary, well, because you don't know how people will respond, but also, no, sometimes you may not get a response, like sometimes you may do a post and it may get one like, however, that one like still may make a big difference to one person, like sometimes you do these things and you think, how many people actually take on board on what I'm saying, or, like I had once, I was doing a speech at, at, at the City of London University, with my therapist, who's a lecturer from a Michael Palin Centre, and and they had done a post. So she had done a tweet saying, "Oh, William Levin's going to be joining us next week," and there were four people who responded to her tweet saying, "Oh, he came last year. I clearly remember what he said. He was amazing. I'm so happy that he's back." I was thinking, "How did you remember that from a year ago?" And then after she sent me a this list of from just notifications on what she's having. That was amazing. Please say matter. Thank you. But sometimes you don't sometimes realise that you may actually be making a difference on what you're doing without because you may not get it back, you may not hear it, but you may be making a difference on someone and then when I think that makes me so happy just having that sort of that platform just to share that stammering is okay like I think so many people think it's a bad thing to stammer and I, I think I shared with you I had one story where someone reached out to me and said can you cure my stammer and I uh, when I said I, I am no medical professional and I cannot cure you can't cure stammering but you can learn to change your sort of thought process of it and mm-hmm. like he, he was just telling me some quite scary stuff about how where he was from that he's not been able to get a job because of his stammer and he's been out he's been without a job for six years because of his stammer and he was saying this is really hard and I said what I find is that when I'm nervous my stammer's at the forefront of my head rather than the actual situation itself so I said don't think about your stammer think about that job interview or just take your mind off that topic And, and it's really odd like Think of the DV News in, interview with someone's at home just watching the start from a show. When I FaceTime my friend, going, Oh my God, it's actually happening. I was like, Oh my God, it's actually going live. And when I got to the studio, I was thinking, What if I don't stammer? Was like, Sometimes you, like, was like, Because I never know when I'm going to stammer. And, and, and sometimes you want to stammer because you don't want people to think, Oh, he's yeah. not stammering. <laughs> yeah. Like... So yeah, I mean, again, that's that's why. I mean, I I wouldn't even thought <laughs> of that. So that's why yeah. the conversations are so interesting, and I think it's up for you know it's up to us to learn about these things and to understand how. Like, I don't have a stammer, but I would love. 
how I could help in a conversation. You know, what am I doing that's frustrating? What am I doing that isn't frustrating? You know, and it's all those, I guess, tips and tricks in daily life. Yeah. But I think you've touched on, you know, you're not a medical professional and there's a lot of support and, you know, tools out there in that respect. So you've always got the medical side that, you know, people do need to look into and there's so much help out there. And then you've also got the practical kind of day-to-day yeah. advice. So what is it like going to view? I mean, it's awful regardless as a human being isn't it so you know know, and it's and I and I imagine that would be really helpful talking necessarily about how things need to change and how the stigma needs to be dispelled but actually well the reality is we're living with this every day and here are some tricks and tips to help to help yeah on a day-to-day basis and like the main thing is don't finish all sentences so you cannot any person who stammers anger what's the worst thing it's on finishing off like it's sort of when we stammer like those milliseconds feel like minutes because you just feel like the world sort of the conversation stop and it focuses on but with my stammer i think i've briefly spoken about it is that i always pre-think my sentences i so i will be pre-thinking my sentences all the time thinking will I stammer in that sentence and what if I change those words and sometimes my sentences may come come across as a completely different meaning however throughout my head there's so much of a thought process that you may not even realize that's going on or just thinking will that be a stammer friendly word or no the amount of presentations that I've changed the wording of to make sure that it's a stammer friendly word but people just don't realize there's so many hidden like we all have our own sort of ways of like helping with our stamina like everyone's techniques is different like mine may not work for someone else however theirs may not work for me and sort of following on for that we thought about how stamming is a quite a topic which has quite a stigma but it's also quite a topic that's been stereotypicalized in the, there's like within a movie, if you came across someone with a stammer, it would be someone with a very severe stammer, not someone like mine. Or like if you saw someone in 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 a wheelchair, that person will be a severely disabled character rather than a character who may not be as disabled as they are. And like like we sort of said, there there are all aspects on the on the spectrum of everything. But why do you think it's key to show all the aspects of like how severe like the levels of how severe certain topics may be, but to show how different how different everyone is? Well, it's simple, isn't it? It's just real life. Yeah. You know, and um, and and ideally, entertainment, broadcasting, and everything in needs to reflect real life and I think things have got much better there's a long long way to go in terms of every aspect of diversity and you know that's a whole you know I could talk for five hours on that but ultimately you know these programs these channels they all need to reflect real life things are changing um but like you say I think there's been a bit of an old-fashioned attitude to it showing extremes of yeah thing and then almost that character 
needing to be saved quite a lot when actually yeah. sometimes people don't want to be saved and you know you know all I would say is overall with all the different charities people causes campaigns you know often trauma is what can make a person it's them it's their story and Katie Piper always says no one else is you you have a magic that no one else has got and I think that's so true it's so simple but it's so true and perhaps whether you were born with something or something happened to you or an accident or whether it's mental health whether it's physical health that's the journey and it's how you and um it's you know everyone has a story to tell and no one's isn't worthy that everyone's worthy to tell their story um and it's just a really special thing to know that no one else is you you know oh, and that's amazing i absolutely love that i absolutely love that quote that's the thing i think i may definitely still can uh, please every some of that that quote so i can i said and i my stand has definitely made me who i am like the like it's made me, it's made my confidence. So like you have to sort of build a confidence. So like you have to build a a wall because you can't let like bullying or or like comments set you back. Because where would you go? Like you can't. Like you've got this far, and I think no one else is you. But but I think it's also you know yourself the best, and I think you have a better um, you've got a better understanding of how your brain works and how you cope with situations than any other person will and like my favorite quote that i found recently was no matter how many times you have to say that word while you have to say it you know it's worth repeating and i think that's just a such a cool quote but it's such a short and, and simple yeah quote as well and like i think lots of people can relate to them because some people if they stammer they'll just stop saying what they want to say and i think with my next question like some of these statistics of between 16 and 24 year olds 27 percent of people from the uk think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer did that surprise you or how when you first saw that stat were you shocked by it or or at the same time could you believe that that also could happen as well well that's shocking and it's very hard for me to get my head around that um but am i surprised no not really not really i think there's a lot of work to do we've got a lot of work to do and that's why we can't stop it's exactly yeah. why we're all doing what we're doing. You know, it's why you're using, you know, your special power to raise awareness. It's why I help, you know, put a microphone to people like you who've got something to say. Um, and also, just I guess on another quote, you know, you can't be what you can't see, right? Yeah. And actually, for true. you know, for maybe older, but especially like the younger generation and children, you know, how can their parents expect them to see a life that, like, you've got, you know, with a job and, you know, amazing friends and family and doing live TV and radio and all this amazing stuff. They can actually see it. 
they can say, look at this guy and look what he's doing. Perhaps before, maybe that didn't exist. It did exist, but you couldn't access it so widely. Yeah. So I think all of these things, um, um, and we've got a long way to go to get kind of the mainstream on board. And it's not just this issue. Yeah. It's not just this issue. It's a lot of other different, whether it's stigmas, whether it's minorities, whatever that looks like, there's a long way to go. And I think it's just because, it, like, in, like, I think from a past, like, in, like, disability, so it's such a negative stigma, and, like, people see it as a bad thing, like, you weren't allowed to have, you basically weren't allowed, like, some people just wouldn't let it happen, like, people would just deny that they would have a disability because they, they were scared that, and, like, it's that tick box of, do you feel comfortable, like, ticking that? tick box to say you have a disability but I think when I saw that stat I I wasn't surprised but I was I think I was surprised more about how high the percentage was and I think with stammering like it's your voice and I think the hard thing is is that these are kids who are being like kids are direct like I've had people say what's wrong with your voice or why can't you say your own name properly and like you just learned as to let it sadly just to let it go over your head but when it's kids, you want kids to use their voice. Like kids have such big brains, like so many big ideas. And when you tell a kid to that their voice sounds silly or like their voice sounds stupid, they won't want to use their voice. And I think it's so sad that, like, I, I, but I think that sort of bullying is maybe taught in like schools. Like we talk about bullies in schools, but I think. I think there's sort of a conversation about how like people that things that are close to people like bullying in school in that aspect so I think that mm. also may need to be spoken about more because I shared with you that you that you got report and I was talking to someone about it they're saying this is a mad statistic and then we did a poll so so, so it was very apprentice community event we did a poll for which number, so like one was like 5%, 17%, and like the 27%. I think two people clicked the 27%, and the rest was around the 5% mark. And like, it is crazy. However, yeah. it is the world that we live in, and yeah. like, we just have to work on it, and how can we change things without making the impact yeah yeah and also you know it yeah okay it's a world we live in but you know always look for the helpers there's plenty of helpers yeah. there's plenty of people doing great things for lots of different communities um whether isolated or not and actually that's great and that's you know i really try and hold on to that and yet it's tough and it's tough campaigning you know i mean you've seen some of the other work i've done with my um kind of animal activism and legal it's tough you know it's yeah. really tough to get people to be on your wavelength and think like you do and care them yeah. as much as you do and get the numbers to back that up and then then once you've even got there to then actually change things legally or systematically um it's hard it's really yeah. hard. i've been doing this a long time but that doesn't mean you have to stop you know friends exactly. and family have said to me you're crazy You've been going seven years on this one law change. Stop. 
anyway, we got the law changed at the end of the seventh yeah. year. I'm never going to stop. But look, you have to have that fire in your belly. It's definitely not for everyone. And that's fine. Exactly. That's also yeah. fine. Um, but like I said before, you've got it. So you've got to keep going with it. And, you know, like you, you know, you say members of your community or, you know, whatever the severity of their stammer, they might not want to be doing live TV, but they definitely want to, I would argue, yeah, feel that if they yeah. needed a community, they've now got one. Yeah. And I, one, one fun fact that you don't know that, that I've never told you is that, so when I first reached out to you, I, so I mentioned the podcast and I hadn't really launched. And then I can't remember what I think it was the Telegraph or like they had mentioned that William's launching Stam Stories, a podcast. And I thought, actually, now's my chance because at that time, I, I, so I was really thinking, I was like, people won't listen. But when I saw it printed, I thought, you know what, now it's been printed. In, you have to in do it now. This, this is my go to. But then I thought, I actually don't think that if it wasn't printed in like the press, I thought, well, you know, now's my chance. It's like, it, and then I I launched it and we've just hit over 800 streams in 32 different countries. Amazing. Go, it's so good. And like, like I said, this is just a start for you. You've got so much more to do. Your brain is working in overdrive most days, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, it you're like me, you want to do more all the time and that's exhausting. <laughs> but yeah. it's a great trait to have and you should never lose that. And look, we're very, very happy to be supporting you um, and you know, being here, whether it's consultancy or a bit of advice to sending out those, you know, pitches and press releases you know when the time is right but um you need to keep doing what you're doing because there's a lot of people thank that would be very inspired so thank you and sort of following from like our our, our sort of previous answers like for the pandemic like the, pan the pandemic has affected people in lots of different ways lots mm. of people are, whose demo at work are are now probably going back to the office and I mean, maybe scared of going back to the environment because they may have not had that social in because I mean, we all know that we can all sort of hide behind the camera and just hope that no one will ask us any questions on like that meeting. What advice would you, like, my go-to advice is just talk to your team. Like your team have worked with you for however many months, years. Mm. Like, they know you, but if you're nervous, like, I definitely think it's something that you should flag and just tell your what advice would you tell yeah. those people? Definitely talk. Definitely yeah. talk. You know, and look, that's not saying don't pick who you talk to. In any team, there's going to be the slightly more understanding or compassionate, or maybe you're friendlier with certain people than others. So you know, like that's like in life. You know, you know, pick, you know, pick yeah. your moment. You know, and pick the person. Um, but also, you know, what I would say is. Listen, companies need to adapt, right? There's certain yeah. rights that all employees have, and that is an amazing, amazing thing. But also, don't assume people will know your struggles and don't assume people yeah. will understand because the chances are they won't. 
and that's okay you know you don't need to dislike them or almost um think they're not on your side because of that you know often they just don't know and they need to understand so having those conversations is really important but also having those conversations and letting them know how you feel and what it's like to live that life um that's that's fine you know not assume and I always want you know I always think is really important because I think when you're in your world whatever that is um you know you're very in your own world and you expect everyone to understand or see but people don't and people in their own lives and they've got their own problems and their own issues potentially another invisible difference or another you wouldn't even know about so you know everyone's got their own battles everyone's got their own way of articulating and understanding but communication however that looks is really really important and yeah speak to your team you know the chance of there being one good egg is quite (laughs) hopefully if not you're probably not in the right team yeah (laughs) like i so i'm not going back into your office like twice a week or we can go and wall and i i love going into your office because i deal so much better in person like i and i had a moment a few weeks ago where my team like my team are so supportive like they asked me to give updates on like the podcast and like the stuff that i'm doing and our recent like our, our big team meeting which is around 80 people just depends on how many people can join and because the team because like some people were in the office some people were on team so i thought it, it would just stay virtual so, so i was feeling very relieved that i thought okay i'm still going virtual and when i overheard 30 minutes before the meeting I was like oh yes so we booked so we booked a, a meeting room for the meeting but my brain was like oh I was like um oh god and, and literally it was like Huh. Well, this is my first in-person meeting where I've actually had you present because before I hadn't had done any in-person presenting. So I thought, this is mad that I've done countless of presentations and I was way nervous for this presentation when I've done on the other meetings because it was in-person. And I was like to my to my direct after, like, could you tell that I was so nervous? She was like, no, not at all. I was like, oh, phew. But like, it, it's one of those things where like going back into reality you sort of forget certain mm-hmm. situations like oh we are actually doing this in person like sometimes you take for granted like the zoom meetings and then it's like oh yeah yeah and I guess, yeah and i guess it's one of those things it's whether actually some people would prefer almost not to know like in that situation just like oh by yeah. the way we've got the meeting room let's go you almost don't have yeah. to think about it or worry about it you know and again not just for those people with you know a stammer but maybe those that don't like presenting or you know have many other situations going on or maybe your team leader boss whoever that may be they do need to know that you need a bit more of a heads up you know because (laughs) you know like I say it depends I personally like if I'm dreading something I'd rather know half an hour before I don't have time to think about it I've got to just yeah exactly that's That's exactly my perspective other people would probably want the heads up um but that's why communication is so important with things like this but I'm but I'm whenever I do a speech about do a speech like I always mention my stammer and I this one because my my presentation was was about 
the podcast was about my stammer like I like I did an intro but when I was doing my best man speech my first line was um, just saying no that that I do have a stammer so we will hopefully be done by night time and that made me so relaxed but also it does make the whole room sort of relax as well like I sort of got away that aspect from my perspective, but also it just made the room so much more relaxed. When everyone mm. burst out laughing, which made me so relaxed as well. Mm. And actually, that's just ultimately being self-deprecating in the right way. Yeah. Is if you're comfortable to do that, because if you would find the entire audience being stressed, if that yeah. would stress you out and therefore potentially make it worse, and you yeah. know. What's the point? I think, like you say, you found your own way there, and that's brilliant. Yeah, and and like the amount of people who came, and, but it meant that I didn't really stammer throughout my speech because I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, and like because I and like it, it was really the one person who I could focus on was my best friend's dad, so the groom's dad, and could I see him burst out laughing in that sentence, and then like because my parents were there. I so I knew that I could not look at them because there are certain people who you can fixate your eyes on where you know that it does, does, doesn't matter. And now, like, there's certain times where I just own it. And like, my first time for like that presentation was you are going to see my face quite a lot throughout this presentation. So, just a heads up, you may be bored of seeing my face after this. But in certain situations, you just have to own, and there's it makes you more comfortable. And I think it makes her room more sort of relaxed because you don't want them to be a bit like, oh, like you don't want, like you can tell when someone's saying, oh, oh dear, like you don't, like that's the worst thing is when you can sense that situation. Yeah. And one, and one question that I ask all my guests, then I don't give you a heads up. When you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of? I would say Biden. Yeah. Because I, like I say, I've been obsessed with him for so long. Yeah. Um, but I would probably say, if I hadn't have had some sort of mad Biden obsession forever, I would probably say, um, I would probably say the film, the, the it's yeah. King's Speech, isn't it? Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, I would say that. I would probably say that. Um, and uh, do you know what? I would, I would love to do a poll on that. <laughs> Yeah. I think a lot of people would probably say the t- King's Speech, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I, I, so I bet you didn't know that Stormzy stammered. No, I, I, did I, I don't think I knew that, no. Well, it, it sort of makes sense why you don't really see him doing much press interviews, so like you don't really see him mm. doing, and, and like, Ed, with Ed Sheeran, he's got a stammer, and I, there was someone... I saw one actress who I saw that both her and her brother both stammered growing up and I mm. they both had a fear of public speaking and now they're both famous actors. there's so many people well like I mean, Marilyn Atkinson yeah and I, I didn't realize Elvis Marilyn Monroe yeah you know Winston Churchill yes Winston Churchill yeah yeah exactly I think um it's brilliant to take it away from just um you know george the sixth the king yeah. or biden or almost like it's, it's easy for all of us to, to make say more... their names you know exactly 
to make it more more normal like yeah. I think sometimes you have to give that I growing up never had really like a like a stammer role model like apart from like the King's Beach like uh, like there are so many amazing people like Katie Piper now she's a role model to so many people who've been through her situation and there's some sort of place where there's just not a role model who isn't really like they're more of a past than more of a yeah. present yeah and, and I absolutely think, yeah sorry carry on um but but i mean you you must definitely have come across a, like so many people who work for, like are now role models for so many people but i think it's so important when there's so many present role models who are going through current situations yeah and, and i think there may be certain situations back in 40 years ago or however many years ago yeah. that person may have done reverse stammer and you think yeah that that would be completely different now it t- totally and actually that's why i said you know yes it's a, it can be a dark world but there's always look for the helpers things are changing and actually you know look what katie piper has done for burn survivors you know she's yeah. on billboards she's presenting tv programs so whether you are young or old if you have a burns injury or a scar you are being represented on mainstream yeah. television in mainstream media you know, there's so many different examples of that happening now across disability and diversity. There still needs to be more. I think um, you basically just touched on this. I still think that still really lacks in the you know stammering yeah. field. I think there's still room for that. Um, I think loads more needs to be done there. Um, but there's room for it, you know. And if you keep yeah. carrying on doing what you're doing and other people, therefore... Will get you know the confidence to do so that will change that will change and sometimes yeah. things do take time and as frustrating as that may be i think you know we're all realists at the same time and we just need to keep banging on as many doors as possible until that you know one two three doors open and then great yeah, exactly and like you never know that like, i think it you know, it may take you 10 journalists at one publication and but it may just take one to actually pick it up and go yeah like you just like think of you on my twitter dms you would think yeah he like just reaching through like you just never know and like the amount of people like there, there have been a few journalists who've been like oh my my mom's stammered or like my uh, well i've got his stammered myself and so i can really relate to what you're doing or like there's somewhere i like not now but i but like sometimes it's just good being on like people's radar and like being present and, and like just showing this is my story. Yeah. So like we spoke about how pe how people with a stomach may want to hide themselves, but they may want to share their story. What advice would you give to someone who's stammers who wants to get their word out there? Well, I mean, follow your lead for a start. <laughs> it should just <laughs> give you a call and you can give them all your tips um no i think look if they want firstly many won't want to share their story that's okay yeah. you know um and i just wanted to say that um i think it's worth saying i think secondly um there's a lot of local support a lot of local media that's really really yeah. accessible to most people i mean as you know you know you've experienced yeah that too so it might be just starting there starting a bit smaller 
and then getting kind of local coverage and local support, whatever that looks like, and then going national, a bit like what you've done. And that's just, you know, kind of almost walking before you run, getting used to the process. Um, Social media, we've just mentioned it. Yeah. You want to tell your story, you have got, and you've got an iPhone and you've got a laptop, you can do it right now. Yeah, and it's free. And it's free. It's accessible. You can go on Instagram and you can go in the search tab and you can type in stammer, stammering, stammering community, all the different charity apps and handles are yeah. on there. How amazing is that? You know, you could, you've got literally thousands of hours worth of information to take in and people to connect with. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say just start there. You know, start locally. Start on social. Um, practice techniques, however they look for you. You know, if you want to start with writing before you do, you know, radio and TV, of course. You know, the halfway house then is to start doing some, you know, interview practice with friends, family, you know, friendly journalists. There's a lot of tips there to take away, but I would say start local. Social media is your tool, free, accessible, and not as hard as people think. Um, Get advice from people that know what they're doing, i.e. you, and practice. Plus, I think build your profile. Like, I think really just build... And, and like, that's how I became a member of the Nepal Stammering Association because someone was searching stammering, they came across my profile and they said, I, I really appreciate your advice and that's how I'm now a member of the Nepal Stammering, Stammering Association, which is amazing. But without social media, that definitely wouldn't have been Well, that's possible. why you're doing it. Exactly that. The reason why you're going on social media to talk about you know how you feel is to raise your profile you know that is why you're doing it and then you get to be part of charities and sit on boards and have a bigger influence whether that's part of your company or on a bigger scale you know that's why you're doing it it's ultimately you're PRing yourself which is what you do and you do it very well and then just building your own personal brand like I am very passionate about building your personal brand and like it gives you so like times may be tough but it also like when they when when like you may be men would be appearing on like a tv show and then 30 minutes before you get a call when you're saying oh sorry you're like, like it may be tough at times however things are meant to be and like things happen for a reason and like you feel like i think it's for you a adrenaline of like when you've done a like a live interview or like a like when a when a magazine when you walk in to a supermarket and then you just have to hide your 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 just beaming smile going up to a self checkout so just thinking and I it, it it's just one of those situations where you feel so proud from yourself that you also see your journey and you can really like I think it's helped me build my confidence and I think without sharing my story this podcast wouldn't exist and I think that's one of the reasons why I started it because I wanted to share personal stories, but also stories of people who don't stammer, like yourself and I, the interest about the topic and this really widen the subject. So my last question to round up this episode, if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, what would they be? You know, I think it would be the same advice because, you know, ultimately 
No one is you. Yeah. Use your magic that no one else will have and use your difference as your strength. And I would say that to anyone, with or without. Oh. And um, that's it. Amazing. Well, Charlotte, thank you so, so much for, for coming on. It, I mean, it's been so interesting talking talking to you and hearing your perspectives. And then also to our listeners, you must go and check out the fantastic work that Charlotte and her fantastic team at, at Bell PR are doing. They are doing some, some incredible campaigns and I champion the Bell PR flag very, very high. Thank so you, Charlotte, thank, thank you, you for coming be- on. Thank it's you so been- much for having me. I'm sure we'll be emailing in about half an yeah. hour. Definitely. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you again. So, okay, so thank you so much for, for listening to this episode. As I've mentioned, we have some really exciting guests coming on, and I'm so excited to see the podcast grow. So to, to, so make sure to follow to follow us on Instagram and Twitter where we post all our exciting updates and facts. See you next time in two weeks.